Uh, if you've been with us uh, very long, you know that we are in a series as we uh, spend this season in the uh, book of Psalms, and today we'll be in Psalm chapter 20. If you'll turn in your Bibles there for us, uh, as we read it, uh, it actually starts out by saying, to the choir master, a Psalm of David. And as I think about that, uh, this is like a a tune, and this is like something that would be used in the chorus of worship. It would, I think about like a jukebox uh, for those who are old enough. Uh, and so, you know, there, there would be your song, and it would be like G25, and you'd push your buttons, and then, and then the song would come on. And it's, it was according to the circumstance, you know, like this is a romantic moment, and there's a lady over there, or whatever, you know, and, you, and you, this, is the, this is the right moment for this psalm. And Psalm 20 is that type of thing. But it wasn't a time of romance, this was a time of war. It was a time in which there were outside forces against the people of God, and there was a need for this psalm, this song. And so it's, hey, choir master, play us Psalm 20 in worship today, because we need it. We need it. And so today, we're going to press Psalm 20, because we need it. May this psalm be a song for us as the people of God. Psalm 20 is about king, king, a king and his kingdom. A king and his kingdom. I didn't say it so well, I'm going to ask you to do it. A king and his kingdom. All right, very good. You did much better than me. Psalm 20 is a king in his kingdom. It begins like this. May the Lord answer you in the day of your trouble. Exclamation point. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and give support from Zion. May he remember all your offerings and regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. Selah. So here's the scenario in which this song is played. Outside forces are gathering. There's a need for the king to go out and fight. And the scenario looks something like this. The king then would go into the temple and the king would pray and prepare himself. And he would bring offerings to God. And he would have sacrifices. He was getting himself prepared to go out into battle. He was making sure everything was right here and all around with his God so that when he went out into battle, he might have the favor of God. And the psalm is those who are outside looking in at the king. And they are shouting these things, singing these things, as the king is preparing to go out. And as the king is going out, he is going out not for the king's sake, although he wants to save his own skin probably, but he is going out as a representative of the people. And he is going to fight on the behalf of the people. And his success is the same success the people will have. His failure will be the failures of the people. And so they have a very vested interest in this moment in which the king is inside the temple. And so they're praying these things. May the Lord answer you, king, in the day of trouble. 
So it's kind of hard to figure out who all these uh, pronouns are referring to. The, the people are saying, may the Lord hear you in this day of trouble. God, listen to this man as he is crying out to you, as he's giving his offerings and sacrifices. Lord God, may you send from that sanctuary blessings on him so that it might affect Zion, the people of God in this place, in Jerusalem, that they would all be protected by the blessing that you give him, the king, in that place. And when we're talking about a king, we're talking about more than likely, this is King David, right? It's a, it is a song of David. This is meant for him. So this is maybe something in the moment that they are saying as he goes out to war regularly, regularly during his reign over the people, he is going to go out and need the prayers of his people. They dial up Psalm 20 to sing on his behalf. He's their representative. They're waiting on his success because if he... He goes out and comes back with success. It is their success as well. Now, I've been encouraging you as we look at the Psalms to appreciate, meditate, and practice these Psalms. So as you appreciate, as we learn what this is talking about is we kind of get the pronouns right and we kind of get the structure right. And as we meditate on it and we think about then how to, to, to apply it, that becomes a little difficult because this is, we don't have King David anymore, right? So how are you going to go home and pray this and there's no King David? Or are we going to say, oh, I get it. This is about a king. Who's our modern day king? Oh, it would be the president. And the present day kingdom is the U.S. And so you can start praying like that. I want to encourage you to pray for our king and kingdom, for the United States and for our president. But that's not the pro proper application for Psalm 20. It is talking about the king of Israel, a theocracy in which God's man is on the throne. It seems as if this psalm for us is anachronistic. It, it doesn't belong in this time. So what are we going to do with it? Are we just going to uh, appreciate it and set it up on the wall? There's more to it than that. You see, this is written for a specific king. This is written for King David. King David was alive at this time. But it's a psalm that's continued in the whole set of songs, in the whole jukebox of Israel. You see, the promises that were made to David, it was a promise David would have a son. He would have a king in his line that would rule over the people of God, over the world forever and ever. And so this psalm is not just about David. This psalm is not just about the United States. This psalm is about a king and a kingdom that's even greater than those. You see, they were, they were hoping that God would bless David as he gave offerings and he did his sacrifices. They were hoping that David was a good guy, that he was doing right, because they had seen already when a king was not faithful to God, then the whole nation suffered. So they were hoping that King David would get it right. And did King David always get it right? No, he messed up horribly and it affected the kingdom. 
There was a need for him to offer sacrifices. There was a need for David to bring those offerings because he was not the Savior, but he was the great, 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 great grandfather of the Savior to come. So when we look at this psalm today, it is a psalm that is for us in this moment. It doesn't apply to the presidents and politics and parties and policies. It, it pertains to this kingdom of God that is today and that is to come. And so the hope that they were looking for in that moment, they were looking for in David being faithful and God hearing their prayers, it is a hope that we live in today and a hope that will be realized in the future. That's the kingdom of God. So let's not put Psalm 20 up on the shelf. Let's learn to pray this. I think you're going to enjoy it. Verse 4. May he grant your heart's desire. Remember, may God grant King David your heart's desire and fulfill King David all your plans. Some of y'all are kind of getting where this is going and you're, you're getting kind of excited. I see you kind of moving in your seats. You're kind of getting it. May we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God set up banners. May the Lord fulfill all your petitions. King David. You, you see what they're saying is, look, what we want to see is the king to come back, the king's plan, whatever he's planning, this kingdom to do, and that the forces would move just right, that they would gain new territory, they'd gain new gold, they'd, be, they'd live in peace and safety. All those plans of the king, may they come true, and may we then have your banner. And may we carry your banner around our city and put it in new places as we gain new, new territory as God's people. And may the Lord fulfill all of these petitions. What, what he's saying is, may the kingdom win. May this kingdom win. May this king win. In a DC Comics, you know, that DC Comics with Superman and all that, that group of people, uh, there is uh, one comic that talks about Bizarro World. And in Bizarro World, it is the opposite of our world. And our world is portrayed as a, as a good and wonderful place. It's portrayed as good families and, and justice and peace and equality and, and uh, just a good place to live. But, but Bizarro World is... Just the opposite. And in Bizarro World, there is a Superman, but this Superman is as bad as Superman on this earth is good. He's just the opposite, but he's really, really bad. There's even a Lois Lane in this world and a Lois Lane in that world, and she's really, really bad. For anything good she was in this world, she is that bad in Bizarro World. And so Superman... Actually, because he commits capital murder, is given a privilege in this. So, you know, this is just backwards and evil. And this, this uh, bizarro world Superman desires to creep into this world and corrupt it. And the only way it's going to save it is if Superman, you know, saves the day. This is a bizarro world. In fact, they call their place Hetria earth backwards. It's just the opposite. And so we need to be careful 
and not get these two worlds mixed up. I know as we are looking at the world around us and watching our news feed and the, and the, the news itself, reading stuff in the paper, hearing things from people, it seems like this world is falling apart, doesn't it? Do you have a sense like things are falling apart? I want to tell you, church, this is bizarre world. Things aren't falling apart. Things fell apart in the garden. And they continue to fall apart. This is nothing new, my friends. This is the way it's always been. It got so bad that God destroyed the whole earth with the flood. It's not quite that bad yet, is it? I know we are overwhelmed in these moments with the world that's falling apart. But I want to tell you, it is a fallen, bizarro kind of world. A bizarro kind of world that needs a superman who needs Jesus Christ to enter into it. And he has. And he has come. And when he came into this world, he began speaking a strange language to people. And he would say, I know you have heard it said in bizarro land. But I'm now going to tell you, this is the way of the kingdom. And he would see people who are broken and mangled and he would touch them and they would receive their sight. They'd be able to walk again. He would see people filled with evil spirits in bizarro land, bizarro world, and he'd cast out the demons. He was giving us a sense of what the kingdom was really like. A promise. Now, it was just a Baskin-Robbins pink spoon kind of taste of what that kingdom's going to be like. But it was a flavor for this kingdom that is just the opposite. A bizarre, but it's glorious. And the kingdom reigns, the king reigns, and the people sing his praises over and over and over and over again. And so this, this God has come into the world. He hasn't changed it all together, right? There's a, still a kingdom to come. But in this moment, in this day, he still applies these common graces that we're not burned to a cinder right now, that we didn't burn ourselves. Cuban Missile Crisis, we could all be gone, right? And in North Korea, just a couple years ago, we were going to shoot bombs at each other and just annihilate each other. Why does that not happen in this bizarro world? Because there's a common grace. There's a plan of God. And he also uses his people with their kingdom sense as we we. We send out this, these gospel messages and we live out this gospel kind of life. We are a taste, walking taste of the kingdom to come. But we still need some help too. Amen. You see, David had to keep going in and offering sacrifices. He had to keep going in and give offerings because he was a broken and messed up man. But not our God, not our kings. Play it again, Sam. Not our king. He came into the world and he was the offering. Amen. He was the sacrifice. He gave himself that perfect sacrifice. And it inaugurated him the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And so we sing these songs again and again. But they're not pointed at David they are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. 
So we kind of snicker when we say, may he remember all your offerings in regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. Jesus is not bringing those things. He actually is those things. And God is not looking for someone to come and say, oh, as a king, oh, please help us. We're... But it's his own son. His plans will prosper. His kingdom is coming. Verse 6, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. You know, as I, as I read all of this psalm, what stuck in my ear most is this verse 7. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. It, it just kind of rings true for me because it reminds me of several things. Remember, he says now, say, some trust in chariots and some in horses. Chariots and horses. What does that remind you of? That reminds you of the children of Israel who worship the God of Jacob. And they are pressed, right? They're pressed right up against the Red Sea. They're not a military might. They're just slaves who, are, who have left slavery. And here comes Pharaoh on his chariots with his horses. And it's all over. I mean, it, it's all over about the bloodletting. And they're going to just wipe them out. These chariots, they had metal on the edges of them. And they stuck out like this, like some of the you know, Cadillacs you see driving around town, but they were sharp. And, and they would just mow down people. So if you didn't have horses and chariots, you were, just, you were just waiting to get picked off. And so they could just mow down, literally just mow down the Israelites. So they're waiting against a Pharaoh who's lost his son, his firstborn son, because of these people. And he is... He is irate and he brings these chariots and these horses to kill them and what do they do they turn to their god and they call out to him and he cross he opens up the red sea they walk across on dry land and as the, as the egyptians come after them they are destroyed by the waves of the ocean horse and rider thrown into the sea that's the song they sing you see, when all looks lost, when it seems like the kingdom will come to an end, and we're not even there yet, but when it seems like it's on the brink, we don't trust in horses and chariots. And the second half of that, I love this. Who are we talking to? We're talking about King David, right? Do you remember King David is, is fighting against Goliath, who's going to decimate all of the children of Israel, where for 40 days he comes out and cries against them, and they're like, uh, we, don't want any, we don't want any of that. We don't want any of that at all. And finally, little David comes up and he, he gets his five smooth stones and he runs towards him. And remember what he says that he go, as he goes? He yells out to Goliath, this man slayer, this kingdom slayer. And he says, you come to me with sword, spear and javelin, but I come to you. All right, we got to work on that. And David runs to Goliath. We can edit this out, right, Casey? And, and, okay, good. I got to work with me here. We got people listening all over the world. And David runs to Goliath and he says to him, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you 
Amen. David knew it. The people of Israel knew it. They knew that no weapon formed against them will prosper. They knew, they knew that no giant could overcome the name of the Lord. What are you trusting in? As you see economies flitter away, jobs leave, health gone, you see our political capital and power as Christians seem to fall away. We're going to cry and run away and fear and doubt. We didn't come with sword and spear. We came in the name of the Lord. So let us stand up straight. Let's play this song in the jukebox. The kingdom has come. And there's a day in which the kingdom will be fully realized. Last verse says, O Lord, save the king. I'll close with this. Revelation chapter 7, 9 through 10. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. They were crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. People of God. The world fell apart a long time ago. But we serve a king who will make all things right. Walk in the power of his name. Sing his songs. And in the meantime, let us live out this gospel work. Let's live in this kingdom. Share this good news. Live this good news. Bring hope to the hopeless. Because we serve a risen king. Lord God, we bring these praises to you from Psalm 20. In days in which we are troubled greatly by the world around us, today we breathe in your peace. We bring in, breathe in your joy. We receive this kind gift from you today. God save the king. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.